lean on God. Say that with me. Lean on God. Now listen, uh, for those of you online, grab you a pencil and a piece of paper. And those of you here, you may want to take out a pen because here's what is going to happen tonight. I'm going to give you some scriptures that you know, you just don't necessarily maybe know where they're at. So I'm going to unload a bunch of scriptures on you tonight. And, and if you can just catch one, if you can catch one and say, boy, I've got that. I now want to mark that in my Bible. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So if you care to do that, you're, you're welcome to do it. Here's what we know. I don't know that our finite minds are capable to realize how much God loves us. When we say, hey, God loves me, we don't understand the breadth of what that means to know that the king of the universe that spoke this world into existence and everything in the universe is subject to him and he says that he loves us. And when you look around the world and though the devil has, has done his best to taint and destroy and dirty it up, all good things that were meant for our pleasure, those good things, he did it for our pleasure that we might be blessed and, and follow him. If you take a look at the first home, the first homeowners were Adam and Eve, weren't they? They were in the perfect place. They, they had unlimited square footage in their house. They had a perfect climate control, just perfect all day and all night. They had abundance of food for any taste that they might have. Clothing, there was no problem to worry about what clothes they're going to wear. God gave them a natural outfit that was good enough day or night. They were never out of style. Peace and tranquility from the blue skies. We know that place called the Garden and that gentle stream that ran through with that light breeze blowing there in the shade of the green trees was called paradise. Perfect health. Never needed to work. Never had to break a sweat. Never had to have a disappointment. True paradise. Until the enemy of God came along and tempted them and sold them a bill of goods, and they failed for it. Now you might say, ha, 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 Adam and Eve, but you and I need to be careful as well because the devil's still at his work trying to tempt us and cause us to miss the mark. We know that sin adversely came into the garden, but yet in God's infinite mercy and desire, he reaches way over there in 1 Chronicles 4.10. You know the verse. And God said, I know, I know what happened there. And I know, Adam, buddy, you got to work for a while. And Eve and having children, that, that's a whole different deal. You're going to have some pain with that. But we found that Jabez, Jabez had a heart in tune with God. And this is what he said. Oh, that you would bless. Who do you think he's talking to? The same God that was in the garden. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And the Bible says, and the Lord granted him his request. His request. God granted that request. 
Well, for the purpose of this message, for just a few moments, hang on, get you ready to hear the scriptures. I want to share with you a few steps that, that will talk about God's intervention and God's blessing in our lives. You see, we will find and illustrate the plight of mankind. Without God, we are a sinking ship. We will talk about the barriers of success that Satan will never let the favor of God get to us, often without a fight. We'll talk about however the goodness of the heart of God, which overflows with mercy and graciousness. We'll talk about the miracle power of God. You see, the natural ability of mankind, modern science is not enough. God steps in and says, in 2021, my power is still real for the miracle. And we'll talk about something that's extremely important that we should teach our children more of, and it is the, the blessing of obedience. Say that with me, the blessing of obedience. Well, let's get started. See where we find our text. God is always aware of your challenge. And we go to the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter, verse number five. And we have this large crowd that's gathered. Jesus is teaching. And this is what he says. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, what shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Now the setting, if you've ever been to Israel, it's on the northern side. I can see it right now in my mind's eye of the Sea of Galilee. That beautiful green lush grass that comes down at the slope to the edge of the Sea of Galilee. And that's where he was. It says 5,000 men, but we could easily calculate more than 15,000 people. Jesus is standing there and he looks out and he thinks, wow, look at the multitude of people. And his heart is concerned because we know that it's mealtime. And before any among the disciples or in the crowd saw the challenge of the lack of food, they're there, their babies are there, their young people are there, their men, the older men are there, the women are there. Jesus is saying, what shall we give them for nourishment? Now, I've often wondered, was Jesus really concerned about them having something to eat? Or was he more concerned about, I want to show you what it means when you follow after Jesus Christ, that from almost nothing, God can create something that will meet your need. We know often in the middle of threatening situations, the enemy of our soul makes us think, well, we're out here and 15,000 or more of us and there's nothing to eat. And when that happens in our own challenge, we thank God, you don't care. If you cared, you would not have allowed that to happen. God, you really don't care. You say you do, but you sure didn't show up here. Or God, are you aware of the challenge that I'm facing? You said you would be, but it seems like to me I've got the, the dirty end of the stick. And Or, God, you're not listening. I have prayed and prayed and prayed. And we'll talk about that Sunday morning as we deal with our, our, our message on, on the supernatural. All of those discouraging thoughts. What do they do? It's the whole lying tactic of the enemy to keep us from believing in the miracle of God. Miracles with God are nothing but the norm. God's word declares that he is omniscient. And what does that mean? Don't miss this. It means that he knows all things from the past. He knows all things in the present. 
and he knows all things in the future. Do you believe that? In your past, in your present, in your future. So when the devil sets up his verbiage to you to discourage you in trying and challenging situations and tries to tell you God is not listening, you say, but you're a liar, Satan, because I know God knows the past, God knows the present, and God knows the future. I'm going to worship and enjoy that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you some other things that might help you. Number one, he has limitless understanding. Limitless understanding, Proverb or Psalms 147, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. You say, what do you mean his understanding? Have you ever said to someone, you just don't understand? You know what you're saying? You don't get the point. We're not on the same page. This is what this scripture says, that God's understanding of you and what you're going through is right on par Number two, he knows the need of your heart. In Proverbs 15, verse 11, death and destruction lie open before the Lord. How much more the hearts of men? He said, I know your heart. I'm aware of your emotion. I'm aware of the difficulty. And then he knows the beginning from the end. From the beginning to the end, John 16, 30. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask your question. This makes us believe that you come from God. You see, be assured, this is one thing I know. God knows right where you are. Here's another thing I know. God knows exactly what your path is going through. And then also, he knows already how you are going to be blessed. If you get bogged down on the namby-pamby, God, you don't know, the blessing from God and the solution to what you've been going through may pass you by. Number two, he already knows what to do. He knows what to do. John 6, 6, he asked this only to test him, and God will do that for you and me, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Or the reason for the question and what are we going to eat was to test the disciples. And we know that. You see, our faith can explode when we actually grasp the truth of this step to abundance. God knows what to do before you pray. He knows what to do in the midst of the crisis. He knows what to do before you ever begin to fight. Shall I read Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 26? I read from the message version. It says, meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right along helping us along. And if we don't know how to what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. Let me repeat. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so assured that every detail, every detail in our lives of love for God worked into something good. That's it. You've been tagged. 
the God of the universe who created it all, who knows everything that happens, says, you're important. I'm on this. God said in Isaiah 41, verse 10, don't you fear. Don't you be dismayed. Don't you believe that lie. I'll be with you, strengthen you, and help you. And here's what he says. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do you know that right hand represents authority? It represents favor. And it represents power. He says, when I created you, brought you into this world, that's where you're at. When you're cleansed and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, when you hit a tizzy and you pitch a fit and you wring your hands and you don't know what to do and tears flow down your cheeks uncontrollably, he said, you're not going to go very far because I have you here in my righteous hand. Is anybody out there tonight a little amen here and there? Are you with me? Isaiah 42, this is what he says. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known along unfamiliar paths. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. You don't even have to be able to see. And God will direct your path. Number three, the provision is already present. You don't have to run down to the 7-Eleven. I need to run down to the store. I need to run down. What, what are you missing? I forgot the baking soda. Well, don't put any baking soda in the biscuits. We can do without it. Nope, go get the baking soda. I ran out of the buttermilk for the buttermilk biscuits homemade. Go get the buttermilk. Well, can't you make buttermilk out of the regular milk? A little yard talk here. It ain't the same. I need to run. Here's what he said. You don't need to go anywhere. The old song, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, says, Father, I just lay back in your love and your power. Now, John 6, 9, here we go. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus asked, where can we buy bread? Where can we buy bread? Yet he already knew what he was going to do when he said it. He wasn't aware of the boy yet. Philip said, that's going to take a fortune to buy bread that were not enough material resources to feed this many people. Philip said, aren't you proud of me, Jesus? I came up with that all on my own. There's just not enough resources, not enough bread. It's not going to happen. Andrew spoke up. He wants a part of the action. He spoke up and said, but it wasn't with faith. It was in a, in a sarcastic way. He said, hey, Here's a little boy. You know, he's got five barley loaves. <laughs> Look at there. He got two fish. My Lord. How many, you know, Jesus? How many you think that'll feed? This is a major point. 
If you're going to enjoy the abundant life that God has already pre-planned for you, does that mean you're going to be on the mountaintop? No. Unless you hit the valley, unless you hit the wall, you will never appreciate the mountaintop. But when you hit the valley, he's with you. He knows what your need is before you ever get there. The abundant life, we must understand that already in us, already in your house, already in your heart, in your hand, is just enough for God to use to bring to pass the supernatural. You hear that? We often say, well, I don't have anything. Oh, yes, you do. God's given you everything that you need. The little widow of Zarephath, we know that illustration in 1 Kings 1.17. All I have is a handful of flour and a little bit of oil. God said, bring it on in here, and we will make a miracle out of that. We make a mistake of overlooking something that we already have in our possession. We have time and talent and energy and stuff and creative ability, and God said, bring it here to me and watch me breathe on it you see we're in good hands with jesus not to mention all state you with me out there exodus 36 and moses gave a commandment that they they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp saying let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing more, for the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much. Why? God said, I see what you have and I breathe on it. It'll be so much you don't need to bring any more. We don't live that kind of life in these days of exposure to COVID. We live in fear often. I'm going to get it. It's going to catch me. And well, the, and all that goes on, we look at the television, we say, well, look what our government is doing now. Let me tell you something. I'm not saying you ought to give two liver lips what your government is doing because I believe that you should pay attention. But you don't pay more attention to that stuff than you pay attention to the one who's seated at the right hand of the throne of Almighty God. For God is in control. He already knows what our need is. You see, we have something that God could already use in our possession. And we just need to step forward. Number four. Something must be submitted to be blessed. I want to submit it, God, to you. John 6, 11, Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks. What was he doing? Illustrating a process that we ought to follow. He took the loaves and he gave thanks. You said he was the son of God. Who did he give thanks to? To God the Father. To God the Father. That's why my practice, my family's practice, is before every meal. Some man told me the other day, well, I don't pray over every meal, Pastor. What you don't understand, when we bring the groceries in, I pray over all the groceries. That way I don't have to pray over every meal. It sounds like to me somebody's trying to get out of having to pray. Why wouldn't you pray? Hello? Come on now. 
Why wouldn't you pray? Lord, I thank you. I give you praise for this. After he had given thanks. You see, God will always bless that which is given to him in faith. Every miracle of Scripture came after something was done or given in faith. Illustration, John 2, water to wine. Illustration, the catch of all the fish, Luke 5. Mark 1, the cleansing of the leper. Matthew 9, the paralytic that was healed. Matthew 14, walking on the water. Peter had to step out of the boat. Jesus asked that the bread and the fish be brought to him that he could bless it. That was an exercise of faith, a supernatural intervention and an acknowledgement of God. I give it all. We get hung up on 10% of tithe. Let me tell you, that's Old Testament. You know what New Testament is? There are no limits. You give out of a generous heart and you start with 10%. That's the beauty of the New Testament. Number five, you must give something away. Say that with me. You must give something away. In graduation the other day, in victory graduation, a young man, I was on the list, and I was, uh, I was here, and the Holy Spirit spoke when I heard his name and saw him. I want you to give him a gift. I didn't get a commencement card or one of those cards that you get. He, quite honestly, probably didn't know that he was even supposed to send some of those out. Just had a rough, rough life with his mom and the family, but yet his school grades were superb. No behavioral problems in the midst of all that had he gone through. And he knew that everybody knew what his family problems were. And the Holy Spirit spoke and said, you know, at the end, give, give him something. And uh, I got the call that Sharon's brother died, and, and I had to just get up and leave. And when I came back around, I, I didn't see him, couldn't find him. And I thought, well, oh, well, you know. But, you know, <laughs> my giving him a little money was not based on whether I see him. It, it wasn't based on whether or not, well, God, if you want me to give it, how about that at 10 o'clock at Walmart tomorrow night, he shows up? How about that? Or how about I meet him at the gas pump somewhere and it just happens? How about, Lord, that I'm running down the interstate and I pass him because he's in the slow lane? No. You do, how many of you know that you just can't get away from that kind of stuff? Now, what did the devil tell you? Well, I just, hey, you just saved a good amount of money. And you know what my carnality said? Yep. I saved a little bit of money there. I, I can give it to somebody else. Do you understand how the Spirit works, everybody? You with me? But I couldn't get away from that. So I went on purpose today over to the school. They're gone. And I'm standing there, and the Holy Spirit said, get that money out. 
and you give it to this lady and tell her to give it to him. Reached in my pocket, peeled out the money that I wanted to give. I felt instructed to give and said, here, give it to him. Let him know how much I love him and that I'm so proud of him, which are words he does not hear. You see, friend, you must give something away so this afternoon, y'all still out there, right? I open a card up. Open it up and in the card was the exact amount that I had given this morning. God is so good to me. God is so good to me. You know what I wish? I wish I'd have given him 10 times more. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I, I want to get you ready because we're, 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 we're through COVID. You can hang on to it all you want to. I'm not. I'm saying, devil, you get behind me. COVID, you stay back there where you belong. If you show yourself, I will slap you in the face. Mask and everything. I'm getting you ready to say on the edge of your seat, we say, look what the Lord has done. God is willing to be unleashed among Victory Church, among you that are online. You must give something away. And he distributed to those who were seated. Oh, notice this. I saw it again and hit me again in my study. As much as they wanted. You ever been to a dinner on the ground? Hello. Some people get little old tiny bits. You say, well, they, they don't want much to eat or they don't know who fixed what, so they're not eating a whole lot. I've never had that problem. <laughs> and then you got some, you need to put sideboards on the plate, especially if it's a dinner on the ground in Plant City somewhere. That's good stuff. Put side. Oh, you got the black-eyed peas and the steamed squash. Hello, are you talking to me? That good golden fried chicken. Those those hot biscuits. That that apple pie that's over there. That that mashed potatoes and gravy. That cream corn that's over there. It's that corn on the cob. Somebody talk to me now. As much as they want. You think for one minute they were timid or bashful? As much as they wanted. I had a friend of mine, still a friend of mine. He still does what I don't like. If the bread plate comes by and there's 10 and there's eight people at the table, he will take two the first go around. Irritates the living daylights out of me. You know, take two. I'm thinking, take two every single time. Take two. And, I, and, and sometimes I, I've thought over the last 40 years, one day I'm going to talk to him. I haven't done it yet. But take two. I'm saying, slow down. The rapture, if the rapture comes, you can leave one roll on the plate. 
But it says, as much as they wanted. And God is trying to say to us through simple illustrations, hey, I'm not holding back. You can have as much as you want if you're willing to reach out and take God's hand and take what belongs to him because he created it for your pleasure, for your favor, for your love in the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, amen. The miracle came when that which was blessed was given away and God was not going to give abundance to anyone who holds back that which has been blessed. Here's what the Bible says, Luke 6, Give and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And we don't give out of pride. Matthew 6, verse number 1, Be careful that your acts of righteousness before men are not seen by them. That it's a generous attitude that we, we give through generosity, a joyful attitude, and then a sincere attitude, 2 Corinthians 8.13, that's what it says. And if we've been blessed by God and we fail to give out to others, we will stop our own abundance. So here's a scripture you might want to write down, Proverbs 11.24, one man gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. What he just said, you got it. If you want the abundance to flow, you put it out there. And if you want to be stingy, you withhold, you qualify everything. You withhold it. And God says, here's what will happen. If I instruct you to give it and you keep it, you're headed to the poverty line. Number six, prepare for abundance. Prepare for it. Just prepare for it. John 6, 13. John 6, 13. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Wow, 12 baskets, each for one of the tribes. You could use that. Everyone was fed to the degree that they all had enough and the fragments were gathered and there it was. God is not a God of limited resources. He pours blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. We sing, I am blessed. I am blessed every day that I live. I am blessed. That's true. Here's the message. What a stack of blessing you have piled up for those who worship you, ready and waiting for all to run to you, to escape an unkind world. You hide them safely away from the opposition. The psalmist said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup, it runs over. Joel gives us an end-time end prophecy, Joel 2.24, the threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and new oil. God is saying, 
get ready. Get ready. You just came through a major challenge. But this is a new day. Believe that God will take what you have and honor you. Let's stand, shall you? Father, in your name, we thank you. We praise you. We're not ashamed of this gospel. We know, we praise you, we acknowledge you, we admire you. And got a little story here. We have several scriptures about a little boy, about 15 plus thousand people, a few fish and a few loaves of barley. And God, it was all so that you could teach us on this Wednesday night that you're aware, you acknowledge that you're in charge, you are in control. And God, we don't have to, we don't have to weep because we're not making ends meet right now. We, we can declare by the power of God, I have been faithful. And God, you said if we've been faithful in a few things, then much would be given to us. And that it would overflow, Father, so that we could bless others. Now, Holy Spirit of God, I'm depending on you. I'm praying that healing will come. I'm asking you that peace will come in marriages. I'm asking you that favor will come to those on the job. I'm asking you, Lord, for those walking through the valley of, of difficulty and brokenheartedness, I, I'm asking you to put the salve of the Holy Ghost on them. Lift them up, encourage them, strengthen them, God. Nothing is impossible. And maybe you're here tonight and you realize that you've been out of touch with God. You, you realize you've let the devil win the battle over your will. You just haven't been obedient at all. And maybe you're here and you understand or you're watching online in some way. You said, I'm just not walking step in step with God. You can, you can right now get that corrected by this simple prayer. So I'm going to pray this prayer. I believe by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I believe God is able. I believe with all of my heart when we pray this prayer, God Almighty, hallelujah, is going to show his power. So would you repeat this prayer? Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I thank you for my Father. I thank you for my Father. God the Father. God the Father. Thank you for giving your Son. Thank you for giving your Son. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for redeeming me. I have messed up. I've blown it. I've made mistakes. Some I did on purpose. But right now, I humble my heart and I'm presenting myself to you. And I am believing that you will redeem me. You will forgive me. And I'll be walking straight according to your word. I claim this. Use my life for your honor and glory in Christ's name. Amen. You believe God answered prayer? Those of you online, let me encourage you. Give us a call. Give the church a call. Or text us or email us and say, I need prayer. Or you'd like one of the staff members to pray with you. That's why we're here. We're here to help you, to love you. Those of you right here, right now, we have altar workers. They prayed up. If you have a need, we know that they'll pray with you. You see, here's how I know you know. So I know God's talking to me. It's because the devil will never encourage you to come to the altar. 
he will always lie to you to keep you away from the altar. And so if, in fact, the Holy Spirit is saying, you know what, you need to take that need down there. You need to take that grandchild down there. You need to take that job. You need to take that relationship. You need to take that physical problems down there. And the minute that you walk out, just as they gave that barley and that fish to Jesus, and he blessed it, it multiplied. He can do that for you. We're going to worship and give you an opportunity. You can stick around and worship with them a little bit, or you can be dismissed. The bottom line is we love you, and God bless you, and thank you for being here.